Welcome to episode 164 of Control the Controllables. And I have to start this one actually by by saying a, a big congratulations to Coco Goff for making her first ever Grand Slam final. It feels like we've been talking about her for a long time. And I also have to say a big well done to Freddie Nielsen and Kieran Vorster, who in our last episode, when we were giving our predictions in the French Open preview, they both picked Coco as somebody who could go all the way to the final or possibly even win it. But in her way is our favourite, Igor Fiontek, who is putting an unbelievable run together, winning her semi-final again. You know, people are struggling to get close to her, and that's an amazing French Open women's final. I did pick Djokovic to play rude in the final, and why would I go against Rafael Nadal? How can I do that? A 13-time Roland Garros champion. And what an amazing match that was the other night. But I did pick Djokovic to play against Kasper Ruud. And I hope you're all enjoying the French Open and enjoy the finals weekend. But today's guests, wow. Uh, A world number 11 was as high as top 10 in the world only a few weeks ago. Yeah, I'm not really thinking, oh, I'm 11 in the world. I'm I'm going to come out and chop this guy. He's he's yeah. a wild card or whatever. And I'm no, I'm taking it pretty pretty match by match. And yeah, I'm sure this this everyone has played so good nowadays. You know, especially uh, the tournaments that I'm at. And and there's no easy matches, even if you you're playing a wild card that week. And Cameron Norrie and his uh, amazing coach. What a great guy, Faku Lagunes. And what a journey those two are on. You know, college teammates, they've been on this incredible journey together. And I just think it's so inspirational to see in a, in a world that we're always looking for more and we're looking, people are looking to use other people to step up. You've just got a genuine relationship there. You know, they respect each other. They have worked incredibly hard. I've had them both on the podcast before and the last time we had Cameron Norrie on the podcast he was 76 in the world and it was just before he played Diego Schwartzman in the the pandemic led US Open and what an incredible journey he's been on we've all been following him very closely here at the podcast went into the world's top 10 only six weeks ago and has really established himself as one of the the hot properties on the ATP tour is putting a proper not season but a proper career that he's starting to build and to have those guys come on to hear them bounce off each other to see the genuine relationship that they have is a real treat to me and I hope it's a real treat to you as we're we're finishing the French Open and then getting ready for that grass court season as well and if you want to hear our thoughts on that also in the preview myself Freddie Nielsen and Kieran Vorster in the last episode we talk about that and give there's a lot of opinions that come out you might agree you might disagree but a very thought-provoking time in in our industry with the way that it's working but you're here to listen to cam and to faku and i'm not going to make you wait any longer so here is cameron norrie and his coach faku lagones so Cam, thank you, a big welcome back to Control the Controllables. It's it's great to have you both. Thanks for joining me. 
Thanks for having us, Dan. Hey, Dan, thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. No, it's such a pleasure. And I guess having both of you on the podcast and 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 since then there's been there's been big changes, you know. Cameron Norrie, you've you've gone from you were 76 <coughs> in the world when we last spoke. Uh, and now sitting at, at number eleven, being as as high as top ten. So I guess yeah, one of the one of the big things I wanted to have you guys on. Uh, quite often we see players that that hang around fifty to a hundred in their careers, and they can't quite break through. Um, and and you you seem to have been one of the one of the unique few that have. So how how's that last 18, 20 months been for you, Cam? Yeah, it's actually been pretty crazy the last last couple of years, especially with with COVID and all that happening. And I think it was kind of a strange evolution. You know, as after the week before COVID hit, I lost a lot of points and I dropped to 70 and then suddenly the rankings were frozen. And then I was back in New Zealand with all the time in the world to think about how I just dropped 20 spots and I can't can't get it back you know yep. so I was already leaving wanting to come back uh, strong and come back firing and and I think the the pandemic helped me a little bit you know just in terms of staying staying pretty focused and it was only the tennis courts there and only the only the hotels there's not a lot going on so I was able to really channel my focus fully into the tennis no distractions and and gave it everything and and I've been continuing to, to, to keep the scent and to do that. So I think in a strange way, it kind of it kick-started that. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a lot of, lot of tennis, a lot of matches, and it's been a, it's been a good time and still, still got a lot to improve on. So it's, it's exciting, you know? And, and what, one thing that hits me, Cam, is like when you're when you're at that and i know you were 76 but you were you were you were around 50 weren't you that was you were kind of sat sat at it's a great ranking being 50 in the world D- did you in your heart of hearts believe that you were a top 10 player i think i think at the time i i knew i had the ability to to play at that level and play with those guys but i i was having weeks where i wasn't playing at that level you know i'd I'd made semis of Acapulco, beat some some good players, and then final of Auckland. And so I knew I had the level there. I just I wasn't consistently putting it in. I think my my worst level, you know, is not as good as it is now. And on bad days, I'm still managing to to get through matches. So I think maybe that's that's the difference. And I think it comes down to the the level of focus we have in practices and the level of the way we do things and practices on the gym off the court, how we organize everything. So I think all of those things have played a big factor in that raising that base level. And, and I think yeah. I knew I had the level to, to be top 10, but the, the, my best level was, was, was top 10, but then having the ability to, to bring it every day and do it consistencies consistently is the reason why those guys were in the top 10. So I think um, I did believe it, but, it was it happened quicker than than yeah. uh, I I thought, but which is which is great. But still still pushing for for a lot more, and Absolutely. I still feel I've got a lot more in the tank as well. But Faku and, and I'd like to bring you in at this point, and I think for both of you actually, I think this year has been more impressive for me that watching than than last year, because you know we've 
I've had a few people. I had Igor Svantec on on a couple of years ago on on the podcast. We had Dal McGalfi. You obviously see Emma Raducanu right now. Kazakh Kina. There's been quite a few people that have come on the podcast, and they've spoken that they've had like this big result, and their rankings gone up quite high, but they don't really know why they've had that result, and then they can't replicate it. And and almost don't feel ready to be that ranking, and 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 I guess there, there was probably some question marks. People looking out, can Cameron Norrie repeat that in two thousand and twenty-two and find that consistency to to keep you there? Is it just he's had a great three four months and then he goes off? Whereas you you've absolutely kind of cemented your place as as someone at that ranking. So for for you, Faku, what what have you seen, and 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 how how have you guys, I guess being able to work that process out together to be able to repeat and get that consistency. Yeah, I, I think what happened with Cam is not like one thing changed and then it was a click yeah. and right after I started getting good results, I think it was like a process of a lot of years building like a strong foundation and doing things a similar way with like the same team and every everyone together on the same page and then something started clicking and he started doing well. So when he had those big results, he was ready to sustain it. It was not like a one good week and that was it. Kind of like what he said, just bring, bringing that base level higher and improve his bad days. And I think that's why he's able to sustain this level and keep getting better. It's not like it was just one big result and then the work wasn't done. So I think it was a combination of just having a strong foundation and then him also being hungry after a big week, you know, like he, he had a good week and then the next week again, he'll be just starting from zero and like as hungry as he was the week before. So, and also not taking, I don't know, when he won Indian Wells, he was like, we didn't do anything. We went to dinner and we went to bed and then the next day we're on a plane to get to the next tournament. It's not like he wasn't like getting too pumped up with big weeks and not getting too frustrated with a bad week. So I think those two things, the the strong foundation and also taking the wins and the losses pretty much the same were, was the key to like for him to to stay at that level and yeah. keep getting good results. I remember we had a we had a player at the academy and he, his level was okay, but he um he went to Morocco to play a 15k and he, he qualified and won it won the first round and got on his first ATP point. And uh, bizarrely, actually, Carreno busted Dominic Team and Fuksovic were in that same futures. Um, but this guy, when he when he won his first round, I think he might have played Team second round. He started sending everybody a message thanking them, like it was like this is your life, you know. It was on every social media. He was sending like text messages, you know, thank you. And I don't, I don't even think he played another futures event. You know, it was like, and it, he it was, retired on the spot. That, that was it. It was like, it, it, and but you felt it, and 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 to bring you back in, Cam, because I I listen to interviews. You know, I do long days, and I love coming back and you know picking up interviews of players, picking up the the day's results, and and I think you can tell a lot from interviews with players of where their mindsets at. You know, not just in tennis, but in football as well. And I listened to that one at the at the start of 2021 when you were asked. And I think Faku, we spoke about this when we when we spoke a, a few months ago. And the ATP tennis TV, whoever it was, asked you the question: Who who do we watch out for in 2021? And and you deadpan said me, Cameron Norrie. And 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 I watched that and I thought he he means that. 
You know, that wasn't like a, it wasn't a, an arrogant cockiness to it. There was a, there was an assured self-belief. So what was it that you were feeling at that time? Because I guess what we feel internally often ends up coming out externally before, before the, the public eye sees it. So can you, can we explain where your mindset was at when that interview was done and after that preseason going into 2021? Yeah, I think I was <clears throat> I was asked the question. I was thinking about thinking about players and and who could have a breakout season. I thought, why why not myself? You know, and I even remember that that preseason. I was in the car with with Vashik, my we were just talking and and chatting. I was like, why why can't I be top twenty? Why can't I finish top twenty this year or or top thirty? There's no reason why not. Like I I have the movement, I have this, and and I think even talking about it with my team and, and talking about it with, with everyone, I feel like I, I genuinely believed it. And I was thinking there's no reason why not, you know, I see all these other guys and yeah, like Faku said, we're doing things better, practicing well. And, and I had, I had everything that I needed, all the tools there. It was just a matter of me going to, to go to execute it and, and just keep training the focus level to to be able to to keep doing it for longer periods of time and and um, yeah it's like a, I'm a player I'm not going to go out and just beat you one on one hitting you off the court I'm going to have to go out and make you uncomfortable and put put the ball in uncomfortable situations parts of the court and chip away at you it's not it's not going to happen easy and I'm going to have to do that with with every player that I play against so. Um, I feel like I had the mindset and I had the, the physicality and, and I had all the tools there. I just was, was a matter of going out and doing it and executing it and keep doing it for, for longer periods of time. Yeah, sorry. One, one, one thing I want to add, it, it's good when the player says that because then you can hold him accountable. You know, if he says that week one, I'm going to have a break career, then he can't have a bad practice. He can't have a bad week because you, you show him that video, say, look, this is what you said. So you better back it up. Absolutely. But that's the, that's the thing. I don't think, I mean, I don't know you really well, Cam, but I know you relatively well and spent a little bit of time with you. That wasn't a comment that you would make if you didn't think it, you know, Nick Kyrgios might say it, you know, or, or Bublik might just say it. Do you know what I mean? There's certain characters that might just say something for a, a bit of attention, but, but you, you very clearly, very clearly felt it. And, and, I, and I guess the, to pick you up on what you said earlier, Cam, as well, around the pandemic, all of a sudden there was nothing else to do. Do you feel like you became a bit more obsessed during, during that period and that, that, that tennis became an obsession and, and, and making this amazing career? Because whatever happens from now, you've already had an amazing career. I know there's more you want to achieve and it's not time for you to reflect. Do you think you became more obsessed during that period? I would, I would say, yeah, obsessed, but I, I loved it. You know, I was fully engaged in it and enjoying, enjoying the practices, enjoying scouting my opponents, enjoying doing all the, the little things that I don't think I was doing before, but, but taking, just going to extreme limits and, and enjoying doing those and enjoying getting into routines and, and, um, the way I was practicing, the way I was preparing and, and everything. And I was, I think it, it, the pandemic made it easier. And, you know, it was just tunnel vision. It was just what next guy on, on the paper. And then there was no one, no crowd there to distract. There was no one 
to sort tickets for. There was no one, all right, you have your parents or your sister coming this way. It's none of that. It's not just you got your coach there and the other guy and there's no clapping. You know exactly when you're playing. It's, it's, it's just it became pretty easy to, to, to find the formula, you know, to keep doing it. But, um, yeah, I would say it's an obsession, but I was loving it and enjoying it. And yeah. I was lucky to be playing tennis at that time. You know, it was a lot of other people struggling and, and not working and, and just at home. So I was lucky to be out playing, playing tennis and enjoying it. And, and, um, there was still a lot of admin to do with the flights and the tests yeah. and, and everything but um it was all worth it and do you think that i guess we see it at all levels you know if somebody's winning a lot of matches at a, at, at a college level you know you feel as if they've maybe already got a one love two love head start when they play if someone's winning a lot of futures level they often quite go through the first couple of rounds <laughs> is that something that you've you've felt going into tournaments that <clears throat> that, that that aura that you're carrying because you're winning a lot of matches is, is having a little bit of an impact as well. Um, honestly, I was not, I'm not really thinking about it too much. I'm just going in and everyone I'm playing now is, is good level. So I'm going to have to take everyone uh, like anyone, you know, so I'm not thinking, thinking that if anything, I think I'm usually going in as favorites. So people are more relaxed playing me and you know it's okay maybe it's okay to lose or or they have no fear going in and, and they come up firing and playing well so I think it's I'm looking at the other way I'm just thinking these guys are more relaxed coming out against me and, and playing trying to trying to take my spot so I want to make sure that I'm bringing my best level and, and taking it to these guys and showing them my physicality and showing them that, that I don't want to to be on the court and trying to trying to bring that level to show them that and and yeah i'm not really thinking oh like i'm i'm living in the world i'm gonna i'm gonna come out and chop this guy he's he's yeah. a wild card or whatever and i'm no i'm taking it pretty pretty match by match and and um yeah i'm sure this this everyone has played so good nowadays you know especially uh the tournaments that i'm at and and there's no easy matches even if you you're playing a wild card that week you know he's yeah. still still talented or or everything so it's it's not easy, but um, I think I've done done a better job of of being that that favorite and and coming through and and um playing like I said, raising my base level and and um yeah, playing to win and and not really giving away too much. I think we one of the things I say to players I work with, or certainly one of my beliefs in not just in tennis but in life, we're, we're never far away. We're not that far away from it going wrong. <laughs> You know, so we've got to just stay on our toes. And I think tennis is an amazing sport for biting us in the arse if we get ahead of ourselves. But on, on, on the same time, we're never that far away from it going right either. You know, when somebody's struggling a little bit, it feels a long way away. But to, to bring you back in here, Faku, on it is Cam's talk there about that that position of um Playing, playing as the favorite, not taking things for granted. You know, one of one of my favorite quotes right now is, you know, this this whole concept of having consistency over intensity. You know, being able to do it for a long period of time rather than just kind of doing it for a real short period of time. In the last seventy matches, Cam has played in the last two years. 
Let's see what your knowledge, and I'm going to test you later on your knowledge about Cam as well. How many do you think he's won against lower ranked players? Last 70 matches. Uh, I can tell you this year, probably lost two, three. I'm going to take a guess, but like 10 matches. Yes. lower-ranked player. So it's, so it's 54 and 16 over the last two years against lower-ranked players. And then every tournament you've played as the number one seed you've won. You know, so so those, you know, those statistics show that you're doing a great job on that. What, as as Cam's coach, what are, what are you guys doing to keep him in that mindset? And, you know, how much does that please you that that's happened over the last couple of years? Yeah, and it, it's funny because at the beginning, he, he would struggle with that a lot. He would have, like... I remember at some point, I think at the end of 2019, he had better record against top 50 players than guys below 100. Yeah. So he would struggle with being favorite at the beginning. And But I think now it's, it's all about that, bringing that base level. There's some things that he's going to do every day, no matter who he plays, you know, like a lot of second serve returns on the court. No, and don't give free points, like stay tough in the long rallies. And when he ticks all those boxes, it's very tough for lower ranked players to beat him. It can still happen, and so obviously, he he's now eleven. So there's a lot of lower ranked players than him. But but I think doing that every single day for two years gave him that that consistency of like, for the most part, he's beating lower ranked players. And I think he he's really aware of all those things that if he ticks those four or five boxes every day, he's gonna be really tough to beat, or they're gonna beat him. It's gonna be three sets very close, which it can happen, but. I think focusing a lot on the on the basics and doing them really well every single day, not just a couple of weeks. So I think that's what got him to to raise to his base level. Uh, one of the things that I love, and you know, I every now and then I, I send you guys a, a, a little message. I don't expect one back. I just you know want you guys to know that we are following and supporting. And I'm I'm loving watching uh, you, you progress, Cam. But one of the things that that does happen in in our sport or it's quite a quite a normal thing in our sport and this is one of the things i love about your relationship is players will often feel that they need to be surrounded by a coach who has either played to the level they're trying to get at or coached to the level that they're trying to get at you know and 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 as you've gone along this way you know you've obviously been exploring new territory together you know, from from going from 200 to 150, you know, moving into, you know, playing with now playing ATP events, now going deep, now winning matches in Grand Slams. How's how's that been for you, Faku, as, as a coach to be exploring all of these new uh, new findings alongside your player? Yeah, it's 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 great, and you always try to to keep learning and keep learning with Cam. I ask him probably more questions that he asked me and you try to like ask other coaches and obviously look back and see what things worked and what things didn't. And you realize sometimes later on that you made mistakes and other ones you, you were right. And uh, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty lucky for me that I can still uh, be part of this team. And, uh, but also like credit to camp for, for believing in the team he put around and Absolutely. stick with it. And uh, knowing that when things are going well, it's mainly because of him. And when things are going bad, it's also mainly because of him. At the end of the day, he's the one playing and yeah. doing most most of the things. And 
yeah, it's just unbelievable learning experience for me and for him. And yeah, I think we're both really humble in the way that we admit when we make mistakes and we make bad decisions and we try not to make them again. And uh, yeah, just try to improve everyone in each department and, and keep going. Yeah, well, I, I just I just love the connection between you two, and I think you know you can see it even when you're watching a match. And a bit like a bit like Alcaraz, I know that Juan Carlos Ferreros won a Grand Slam, but again, I think it's that's not the reason that relationship works for me. That relationship works because there's a there's a deep personal connection there and relationship and I think it's so lovely and, and such a an inspiration for players up and coming players to to see that you know and and I love what you've said there Faku because it can often be when the player wins it's because of the player but when the player loses it's because of the coach and and all of a sudden we've got 127 coaches that are scared for their job at the end of every grand slam you know so it's lovely to say that um Cam What's your highlight of the last two years? Yeah, just just to add on to the, the back of that, I think from what Faku said, I think um, for me having people that are that are honest and truthful around me, you know, having Faku there calling me out if I'm doing something wrong, or having Julian calling me out, like we, like you said, we're very honest with one another. Having having Devin there to as a sounding board, so I think having honesty within the team and knowing when someone's going to give it to you straight, you know, telling the truth and, and uh, not going to make you just try to feel better and, and lying, lying, you know, like just say, Oh yeah, you're doing things well when actually you're, you're not just to maybe keep their job or to, yep. I don't know, make it more comforting, but there's, I think everyone's pretty, pretty tough on one another and which in a good way, you know, and, and uh, everyone trusts each other. So I think that's another reason why it, um, it works as well and the reason why we've i think it's would would try not to make the same mistake uh twice which is but you can only do that can't you if the relationship is built the relationship comes first you know like yeah. if 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 somebody comes on board unless maybe it's a, a lendl i guess lendl has had that maybe fear factor but if somebody comes on board and starts giving it to you straight and you think well hold on a minute I'm not sure I trust you yet. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure you've got my back yet. It's it's a lot harder, I would imagine, to hear it. You know, and obviously you guys have built up that very, <clears throat> very organic relationship through being college teammates, you know, going along that way. So you you genuinely know you've got each other's back. It's now it's now much easier, I would imagine, to hear things that potentially can be hard to hear when it's coming from someone like that. Yeah, and it's also like uh, when when I'm saying something to him, he doesn't take it personal. It's just for the best interest of his tennis. And same when he asks me to do something, it's, I'm not taking it personal at all. And he doesn't take it personal, even if it's harsh uh, criticism, you know, but it's always always in a, with the best interest and with a lot of respect. And that's why I don't think we ever like had big fights or anything because we're both super respectful of each other and like we, we want, he wants the best for me and I want the best for him. And that's the way, the way it works. It's a good, it's a good basis of a relationship. That's, that's for sure. You know, lots of people can learn. Cam, before I, I, I'd like to ask you about what's next, you know, because I've picked up even from this conversation here, you're, sorry, you're not... sorry. I, I want to hear the highlight of the last few years. Exactly. That's what well, that's yeah. that's what I'm going to ask now. You know what what is the highlight of the last couple of years? 
My highlight was winning my first title in Cabo, I think. Okay. I was always, I was desperately trying to do that. I lost a lot of finals last year and it was like killing me. You know, I was like, oh God, another opportunity here. And I wanted to, to do it. And it was the perfect place. I love playing in Mexico and I uh, love being the beach. It was, it was a great week and managed to, to play a joke all week and really sit set the tone for the end of the year and and I was able to also in, like enjoy the moment of winning and and not just sprint off to the next tournament I was able to to stay there one day and and relax and and enjoy it you know so it was it was a perfect week and I was a great feeling big big relief winning that first title and big monkey off the off the back so that was that was definitely my highlight even even obviously any Wells was bigger and obviously a huge tournament, way bigger than Cabo. But for me, the first title was uh, more special than, than, than that one. Before I ask you, Faku, what yours is, one thing I've always wondered, you know, I, w- I was a tennis player that only ever played to try and put a bit of food on the table. I never got past that level you know, playing doubles and challenges and singles and futures, you're trying to win. And, and I've always thought that's got to be the biggest pressure in tennis. You know, once you, once you make your way through the pressure, the pressure drops, but I, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I don't know what it was, but they were, what they were saying is actually the more you win and the higher you get, the more the pressure builds because expectation builds, the more more people put expectation on, you feel you've got to hold that position. Or what in your experience, because you've done the levels, you know, you've you've been through and you've played, as you've got higher, has the pressure intensified, or have you been able to relax into who you are and what you're doing a little bit more? No, I mean, you gotta be crazy to think that if you win something, the the, the pressure for me only gets more. You know, you, there's pressure for to back it up. This then this the next time you're gonna have a bigger match or a big opportunity. So for me, the it only it only gets more and only quadruples, which is which I love. And I'm always trying to play bigger matches and and I want to be in those biggest situations more often. So and I love that. And you know you. If you win some, you, people are going to be thinking, oh, he's going to go do it again next year. And, and that's, that's okay. And that's, I, that's why I like the challenge of, of tennis and the way that the rankings are and the way the things are. You've yeah. got to come back and back it up, you know. So that just winning a, a title, winning a thing just elevates you to, to perform on, a, on another level. And, yeah, it's, it's no, you win some, you, there's no relaxing after it and, and enjoying it. For me, obviously... You enjoy the, the feelings of winning it and enjoy all the week and the hard work. And it's a nice tap on the back. You're going in the right direction. But for me, it's, it's for me, I, I think it's only the pressure only gets gets more. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Fagu. I do, I do. And I, I, I like that. I think that's what keeps you going and wanting to be more alert. And uh, I think that's, that's why he keeps having decent results because he never got relaxed. If not, he's more, more edgy, more, more ready, and more everything to 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 sustain that level. And what's your highlight, Faku, the last couple of years? Uh, 
I actually really enjoy when, when he won Del Rey because uh, he started the year so bad. We, he, we both had COVID. Just, we didn't have a preseason. We went to Australia so unprepared. And, uh, I don't know. It's <clears throat> that uncertainty. Like maybe we, we're going to have a slow, a slow start of the year and it's going to take a lot to be confident again and win a lot of matches. And we came back from Australia. We did a really good block, but obviously not knowing what was going to happen. And then the second week, he, he wins a title playing, playing really good in big moments and going, going to win it. And so I thought that was, that was really good. You know, it's like, okay, I think we're on track for another good year. When two weeks before that, it was a little bit tough. And so I think that one was my favorite. And to move on, because I'm, I'm conscious of time and there's a couple of things, a few things I want to ask you. In, in terms of uh, next camp, you know, you've, you're an established top 15 player in the world, top 20 player in the world. You know, you, you've, you've had a little jump into top 10. Um, what have you got to do to become someone who is challenging later ends of Grand Slams on a consistent basis? I think a lot more of the same. Uh, and doing things better and, and executing at finer margins and playing my my best in bigger moments. And I think that's all comes down to to having the matches like I just did in French Open, losing third round to Kachanov. He was better than me and and comes down to to executing in those moments. And I think it's just going going back to the drawing board and practice and, and just working on the, the focus, working on the the intensity and, and keep enjoying the keep enjoying it. But I think I I think I just need to do things better practice in in the matches and and um in those bigger moments really really i've got to be pretty accurate with where i'm hitting the ball and very close to the line and and taking risks uh, as well so it's all fine margins and and um yeah i think staying healthy and, and keep keep doing the right things and that's been a big goal of mine at the start of this year to, to make Make quarters of slams, semis of slams, and and start start challenging those those top top guys um, in those bigger matches and, and learning in those bigger matches. I want to be there playing playing four sets and in, in in the quarters, playing five sets and the semis, and playing those matches to to really learn and and um, yeah, I I believe I've I've got the game. It's still still a long way to go, but I think it's going to come down to to a couple. Uh, Fine, fine margins, and being very picky with how I'm doing things in, in practice, and how I'm how I'm executing, and and um, just really keep testing that focus. So I think I'm looking forward to to the end of the year. That's for sure. Well, you um, you were like Mystic Meg last time we spoke. You know, you spoke to me like 16 hours before you played Diego Schwartzman at the U.S. Open, and I said, "How do you see this one going, Cam?" You said, "Oh, it'll be." It's going to be a four-hour match, five sets. It's going to be a grind. I'm going to have to be in for the long haul. And I sat there in my lounge. I was so excited. I was watching. I was like, come on, come, come on. And as you literally won match point, the clock went 3.59 to four hours. Literally like, <laughs> like, on, like on the dot. And I was like, this guy is unbelievable. I can't believe it. He's literally <laughs> told me what's going to happen. So... So, what's your Mystic Meg prediction for the for the grass court season? Um, no, I don't think I can be that precise for that one again. Um, 
I don't know. I don't want to make. I don't want to jinx anything. If, yeah, if we're I, just gonna roll with I, it. We're gonna roll with it. If I do it. feel something, I'll let you know and I'll text you. It. <laughs> if you feel it, let let me know. But I'm gonna do two two quick fire. We always do on control the controllables, as you both know, a little quick fire round. And the first one is for you, Cam. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say a subject or a, or a person, and you're gonna give me some thoughts. Okay. Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, beast, absolute beast. The guy's so uh, insane. What he's doing for me. I mean, it's such a young age, being that that mature to handle the way he is off the court, and then to be to be um, the the level he's playing in, in the bigger moments, and the, the way he's hitting the ball is great for our sport. I'm loving it, loving watching him, loving having battles with him, and and um, yeah, very genuine guy, very genuine team as well. Andy Murray. Uh, it's changed a little bit, you know, especially playing fantasy football with him. He's, <laughs> He's he, given he, you he, some of that. <laughs> yeah, he unfortunately, he won his league. The luckiest guy ever won, nice. won the league. Um, but yeah, great guy. Um, great to practice with. Always have good practice with him. And yeah, throughout the years, he's been uh, wonderful for Faku and I to to practice with him and, and to pick his brains and, and to have him around the tournaments. And, and yeah, for me, I, I really re- love that. Obviously he would like to be doing things better and, and having better results. But for me, his, he doesn't care what anyone else thinks he's going there and he's competing as hard as he can. And he's, he's training hard still with all the struggles going on. So for me, I, I really respect that. And I, I like that. Uh, I like his attitude and how much he loves tennis. I don't, you don't see many guys loving tennis as much as he does. He's watching every result. He's um, he's taking care of everything. So it's I respect him a lot, and and um, yeah, he's helped me a lot as well. And he's had wins over Alcaraz and Zverev in the last twelve months or so. You know, he's still. Baku he, he's, he's, he's great to have in the draw. You know, because he takes out one of those big guys, and then yeah, and then, always. Uh, Always, oh, it's perfect, and he always has interesting matches with them, so it's, it's perfect to have around. I think it's going to be really interesting because grass on the grass, there's not that many guys you think are going to win that many matches on grass, you know. So he, uh, it's going to be really interesting over these next these next few weeks. Iga Fiontek. for me, she's so focused. You know, you see her and doing the, the her warm ups and and with her. Her team around her, she's just locked in. And I don't, I've never spoken to her. And, but just seeing the way she, she's handling herself and even in the warm ups in the gym, you know, just like next level, another level compared to, to, to the rest of, of level of focus. And then she's, I actually haven't followed the results the last couple of days, but she's been chopping everyone up on the clay the whole time. So, yeah, well, she, um, lost, she lost a set yesterday. And, oh, okay. then, and then after losing a set, she then um, she then went and won love and two. So right. Um, so yeah. So she's she's still rocking it. It's 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 hard to see that anyone's gonna take her take her out. Emma Raducanu. Um, obviously, it's very very unreal what she did at US Open and and um, yeah. I hope for me, I hope she she can um find that same level you know it must be quite frustrating for her to to have that one 
one week and yeah she's probably got a lot of expectations coming up for the grass and and um yeah I really I don't see her like you said you're not she's not far off playing playing great again so I think she's got it in there and and um looking forward to, to seeing how she does over the grass and I don't really know her too, too well either you know she's she's pretty quiet and um but she seems she seems nice and well, I haven't really spoken to her too much but uh, looking forward to seeing how she's going to do over the grass I know she likes it last two questions this is the listeners need to lock in here and we'll by the time this goes out we'll know the result but to, tonight Rafa plays Novak in the quarterfinals of the French Open where's your money Novak for me Three or four sets, maybe three. I think three sets, Novak, for me. I said to a few people, the worst thing that happened to the draw for everybody was the match in Madrid with Alcaraz. It just felt like he locked himself in throughout that match. You know, as as the match was happening, you could see the old Novak coming back. And I think I think he's the one to beat. But who then goes on and wins Roland Garros men's title this year. Is your money on Novak to go all the way? Or do you think Alcaraz can do it? Or can one of the other young guys, Holger Rune, is is into no. the quarterfinals now? Who who's who's your winner? Djokovic wins it for me. Clear and the women's. Sviatek. You can't uh, for me, I can't go with anyone else. So those are my two winners. Pretty odds on favorites for sure, but well, yeah, but how many times do we all go against Rafa as well? I've 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 gone against Rafa like six times at French Open. For me, for me tonight times. they're playing they're playing late, aren't they tonight? <clears throat> they're, they're the night match. I think slower, that's not good. that's not good for for Rafa. No, I think it's going to be tough to get it up on Djokovic. He's going to be stepping in and and uh, he's going to be using the drop shot a lot, and it's going to be a nightmare to play him tonight. I think Djokovic. It's an, it's, it's an interesting one. And more of a request, my last one, the Davis Cup finals is in Malaga. It's an hour. I We all came to watch you play in your Batista or Goop match in Marbella a few years ago, which for me was the when you were born. You know, you were born on the stage in that match. You know, it was just, it was incredible. So uh, it's a request. Are you guys going to get get through Glasgow so you can get to Malaga in December? Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, well, well, good good luck, mate. And and thank you so much for coming on. I'm now going to pass the spotlight over to Faku because we're going to see how well he knows Cameron Norrie. Oh, all right. Yeah, so how how old was Cam when he picked up his first ATP point? Uh, 17. Oh, nailed it. And where was it? Uh, I think Israel. Cam? No. No, it was in um, Bournemouth. Very, yep. On and the clay. Against? Nicholas Rosenzweig. It's mm-hmm. two forehands. There you go. And, and serves <laughs> lefty, of, lefty and righty. That's a, that's a good win. I mean, he's not, he's not easy. Three sets. <laughs> Three sets. Wow. He's bringing all sorts. He's, he's bringing all sorts to the table. Um, yeah. And what, what was the date when Cam became an ATP top 10 player? In the world, the date. Uh, I was up to Miami, so was it first week of April five or six, seven? April four. Very ah, nice. So you well, got the you got you got the right week. We'll give yeah, it to you. I, I, 
I got a message from I got a message from Alcaraz that day saying that he gave us top 10 when he beat when he beat Urkas. Oh, is that right? He knew it, he knew it yeah. See, not, isn't that though? Like these players and and Cam, your you know you guys that are, that have this, it is an obsession. Like you talked about with Andy Murray as well. They know the results. They know what's going on. You guys understand the the tennis world. You know, I I, I speak to juniors about this all the time, and they they don't know who. We coach like a, a young Spanish girl, and she doesn't know who Muguruza was. And I was like, "What? You know, come on! Like, what? Like, what's going on? You know, how you? How can you say that? What is Cam's win percentage? And I'll, I, you don't have to get to the point. Win percentage on the ATP Grand Slam and Davis Cup matches are included in his career. Can I give a guess? Uh, well? You can, but I want I want Faku to I go first. Go fuck it. Go fuck it. I'm gonna say. Uh... 65%. Cam? 56. Your coach, your coach has got a high a high opinion of you, Cam. <laughs> Cam's almost nailed 56.8, so 56. Oh. What year and month did Cameron Norrie change to playing under the British flag? What year? So he was, G- give me the year. Yeah. If you get the year, then I need the month. <laughs> 2013? Nailed it. Yeah, I don't know the month. It, I believe April 2013. Is that correct, Cam? Correct? Yeah, that's correct. And highest ever ITF junior ranking? Uh, 10. Yep. Yeah. So you've got to get higher, Cam. We can't, you can't be finishing your career <laughs> with, you know, that's too much symmetry. <laughs> you know, ITF Pro and ITF Junior, we've got to get higher than 10. And nice. the most important question of the day, last one, which football team does Cameron Norrie support? Newcastle. Newcastle United, the, the richest club in the world. Yeah, and, watch uh, out for us the next couple of years. It's uh, <laughs> exciting times, boys. You you're both legends, honestly. To you know to come on and to come on and give you time like this and um, such fun conversation to have. There's so many people that are supporting you from afar. You know, proud of of the, these amazing careers that you're putting together. I know it's not the time to reflect and stop. There's plenty more. For you to go, Cam, you know, all the very best this summer, all the very best over, over the next few years. You've got a long career ahead and and, and keep doing your thing. And, and thank you for coming and sharing with it on Control the Controllables, guys. Thanks for having us, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Always a pleasure talking tennis with you. I really, really hope you enjoyed that chat as much as much as I did. I would love to have Vicky next week to talk about this one. I know that she's she's listened to it and as she's bringing it together, but it is one o'clock in the morning in the Keenan household. We've had a busy, busy week. Lots going on at the academy. We have our annual Keenan Beavers match. That's my head coach, Nigel Beavers, uh, uh, top man, and we go head-to-head in our annual match at the academy. Very exciting for all the the players we get involved so it's it's been it's been difficult to get the episode out this week so I've decided to make sure that I get it out that it's just me talking to you at the end as much as I would love to have Vicky next to me and what I would be saying to Vicky right now is just how much I love these guys you know they they give without 
without making you feel bad. We're talking number 11 in the world. Do you know how good that is? You know, we're talking, I, I know he doesn't act like it, but he's a superstar. He's 11, he's Indian Wells champion. And he just, yeah, of course, Dan, let's jump on, let's have a chat. The The chat was so easy. Uh, the insight I took from it, I mean, so many things, but I, I, I think I, I talked about this. I take so much from interviews when I listen to interviews about mindset and listening to Cameron Norrie, he's... He's not done. You know, he's he's ready to push his career on. You know, I loved how he talked about just loving the challenge. The pressure gets greater, but I just love it. And I could see his face. He did. He loves it. You know, he's, he's going to keep on going. You know, whether he can go on and win Grand Slams, who knows. But he's certainly going to put himself in that mixer. And he's going to continue having a fantastic career. I have no doubt about it. As long as his body is okay as long as he continues to take care of his body and feel healthy. He's got the mindset, he's learning all the time and for us to be able to, as as fans of tennis, which I am and I know you guys are, to get the opportunity to really dig into that a little bit was was, was a real treat and, and something that we're going to we're all going to learn so, so much. And he's a Newcastle fan. I mean, does does this guy get any better? You know, a man, my own heart. And we love having you as a Newcastle fan. We love having you as a British tennis player. We love following you, Cam. We love following you, Faku. Good luck the rest of the grass court season that is now upon you. And before I go, if you are listening to this, Cam, you got it wrong. Just as I said at the start of the podcast, we all bet against Rafa. We all keep, you did as well. You were so sure that Djokovic was going to beat him. And I love that, the fact that we've got someone that's in there, in the line of the battle, on the court with these guys and hearing their opinions. But Rafa's gone and done it. Will he do it in the final on Sunday and become a 22-time Grand Slam champion? We will find out very, very soon. But until next time, I'm Dan Kiernan and we are Control the Controllables.